Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. In this segment, we're going to speak to those of you presently single at middle age, widowed, divorced, separated, or perhaps never married. Are you one of those unfortunate folks who keep winding up in romances that go nowhere? Worse yet, are you someone who falls hard for the wrong person time and time again? You keep thinking you've found that perfect match, then suddenly, without warning, your relationship is in shambles? What went wrong? Well, my next guest, acclaimed relationship expert Beattie Cohen, informs, chances are the warning signs were there all along. You just didn't know what to look for. And she's here to share a 10-step fail-safe formula successfully used by thousands, and you can employ this formula to assess who is and who is not right for you before committing to any serious relationship. And Beattie's formula is ideal for anyone seeking a new long-term life partner but afraid of getting hurt. And Beattie Cohen is a nationally recognized psychotherapist, and she's been a sex therapist for 35 years also an author, public speaker, columnist, and frequent radio and TV host and guest. She's had regular appearances on Fox News, CBS Network, and numerous national and local shows. And her latest book that we'll talk about today is For Better, For Worse, Forever, Discover the Path to Lasting Love. And it was co-authored with her husband, Elliot Cohen. And hello, Betty uh, Beatty Cohen, and it's indeed an honor to welcome you it's so nice. It's best. so nice. It is so very, very nice to to be with you. And you know what's so interesting is that you know when I think about all of this, I certainly wish that I knew all of what I've discovered over the past thirty five years. You know, just living and being a psychotherapist and doing my research. You know, which culminated in the book. I wish I'd known all of this when I began my yeah, own relationship. Don't we all life. wish sometimes we could go back and be young again and know <laughs> what we know now? <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, uh, before we address your 10-step formula for assessing a mate, so many folks today of all ages are hooking up and then breaking up. And from your observations, what are the four primary reasons why so many of today's romantic relationships fail? I know you list four reasons. uh, Absolutely. Well, number one, if each of us is not in a good place ourselves, emotionally, psychologically, psychiatrically, if we're needy, if we have not really dealt with our issues from from our past and our present and we're depressed and we're hoping that the prince on the white horse or the princess is going to rescue us, we are setting ourselves up for a disaster because it is not possible to have a healthy relationship with anyone unless we are in a basically good place ourselves. We need yeah, to pointless? do the work. Always blame, always blame your partner for, for right. what's wrong in your life when you haven't right. really addressed those problems. 
We've got to. We've got to be willing. We've got to be willing. And this is what so many people are really resistant to doing. We have to be willing to acknowledge, address, and resolve our own issues as best as we can, understanding that there's nothing we can do to change what happened, you know, when we were growing up or, or what happened 30 seconds ago. We've got to do the work, and there's no way around it. Yeah. So that's number one. What do you got for number two, then? Number two, okay. The majority of people, and I say this respectfully and with lots of love, uh, whether or not they're rich or poor or black or white or gay or straight or Jewish or Christian or Muslim, have really not had the opportunity to learn the ingredients that actually go into a healthy, long-lasting, or even a short relationship. Yeah. If we didn't see it at home, we, we certainly don't get it in school. You look at reality television, forget it, you know. We kind of just fall into those relationships without figuring we out don't what know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I, I say all the time, I mean, people spend a lot more time researching cars and mortgages and cell phones <laughs> and computers and we're reading and it's busy. Yeah. We we don't think about, gee, what is a really healthy relationship? What is the yeah. profile, you yeah. know, of a healthy relationship? Yeah, so that's number uh, go two. go to daytime TV soap operas to, <laughs> no, to discover that. Definitely <laughs> not. But that's what people do do. And look at the reality shows on television. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. really crazy. <laughs> yeah. But this is where people get their information, unfortunately, about love and relationships. So that's the second point. The third, okay, if we are not in a good place ourselves, if we have no idea what ingredients go into a successful relationship, we are in no position then to be able to assess and evaluate who's right for you and who's wrong for you before you come in. And this is what my research is about, uh, which culminated in our book. So can I tell you a cute little story that before yeah. I did the book? Yeah. Uh, I was sitting in my office in, in, in Providence, Rhode Island, and it really, really hit me that the same kind of evaluation and assessment that I do with patients is exactly the same kind of evaluation and assessment that we all need to do if we're, you know, serious about wanting to, to date somebody. So before I did the research, I would meet somebody and I'd say, I met this really great guy or I met this really great woman. I would never say that today. What I would say is that I've met somebody who appears to be, appears, <laughs> appears, appears <laughs> to be great. To have promise. Yeah. <laughs> to exactly. Yeah. And the thing that was really kind of surprising in my research, I did it with 450 people, was that it actually takes close to a year to really find out who somebody is and isn't, uh, unless it's very clear that you've got to get out of the relationship very quickly. Yeah, so the assessment begins... In the beginning, now you don't want to put somebody on trial, but there is a process that you have to go through. And the thing that's so beautiful about all of this is that it really does educate us. It empowers us so that we're not ending up in these crazy, dysfunctional, toxic, dangerous relationships, and it keeps us safe. Yeah, so we have to be on our toes. We've got to be on our toes because there are always signs. And, and when you say keeping safe, we're not just talking from a physical standpoint. We're talking from right. an emotional standpoint. And uh, who wants to be miserable the rest of their lives or uh, 
for a number of years before we divorce in a bad it, relationship. It, <laughs> exactly. And where I right, and you know where where I begin as I do in my, in my practice, I begin with family background. So if I'm dating you, okay, yeah. uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put you on the stand, but I'm gonna you know ask you about your family background. I want to know what Roy learned and didn't learn about relationships. Now, let's but say... you better be prepared to share your background, too, so it doesn't sound absolutely. like a one-person interrogation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it's, it's, it's not what people say, it's what they do. But let's yeah. say that somebody who you really are attracted to and somebody who you like has come from a very, very unfortunate background. You're not going to yeah. throw them away. No. But what you're going to want to hear is something like this. I grew up in a really dysfunctional family, and there was abuse of various different kinds. But you know what? I didn't want to repeat history, you know, as an adult. I went yeah. to therapy. I read. I, I, yeah. I took courses so that uh, I've done the work because I don't want to end up like mom and dad. I want to yeah. hear things like that from people who I would be dating and who came from very unfortunate, toxic family yeah, backgrounds. Yeah, that's something you definitely would want to hear, that uh, your partner is uh, resolved or able to resolve those. What's that fourth thing that we should uh, look out for? Okay, emotional communication and problem solving. The yeah. most important ingredients that really do make or break relationships. It's not yeah. sex and it's not money and it's not the boat and the yacht. It is emotional <laughs> communication and problem solving. If we can't deal with issues, whatever those issues are, we are not going to be able to have a loving, healthy, wonderful relationship. And all of these things you will discover as you are going through the evaluation process. Yeah, yeah. you've got to have people willing, your partner's got to be willing to uh, communicate, and you've got to communicate with him or her, and also um, it can't always be you the winner, I the lo- or you the loser, I the winner. It's got to, you know, you got to have that uh, meet in the middle and uh, win-win type situation <laughs> that you're a- able a- to accomplish. Exactly. Exactly, and people don't know how to do this. So if you find that your communication and problem-solving skills are really lacking, you know, the question that I ask you and I ask my patients is, so what are you going to do about it? You know, we can complain, you can go around in circles and have the same old, same old arguments, but these are skills like tennis and golf. So if you don't have the skills, you're going to, you know, either you're going to decide to acquire the skills or you're going to end up being really miserable in relationships because those two skills really do make or break your relationship. Oh, that's so true. Well, the second step in your search for skeletons, you mentioned the family background is one, but it's your potential mate skeletons in the closet. (laughs) What are some of the skeletons you're looking for? And if you find one or more, is that an automatic signal to break off the relationship? It may very well be. Yeah. Uh, you know, if somebody is, is an alcoholic or a drug abuser or if they have yeah. some serious untreated psychiatric issues or yeah. if they are a gambler and they have no desire to acknowledge, address, and resolve any of these things, you need to walk away. If yeah. somebody is verbally abusive, physically oh, abusive, yeah. emotionally abusive, sexually abusive, and you start to see these things after the great dinners and after the, you know, everything is looking so perfect as the relationship is unfolding. 
And the, the thing that is oftentimes confusing for people is if they grew up in a family where this dynamic was present, it feels familiar and there's a lot of confusion because sometimes things that are familiar can really kill you. Yeah, <laughs> so you have to be you have to be willing to really look at the reality of, you know, how do I feel about this situation? How do I feel about this conversation? You know, how do I feel about the fact that we go out and he gets drunk or she gets drunk virtually every weekend? Is this yeah. something that you really want to live with? I don't, you know. No, that's for but I only get drunk on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I were your wife or partner, that would not be okay for me. Now, maybe for some people that would be okay. <laughs> so you're having to dig deep, Roy, yeah. and, and really looking at, you know, signs and, 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 and behaviors. And uh, if you look and if you're aware of what you're looking for, it's all there. Yeah. And then you have to make a decision, do I proceed with somebody? I mean, I had a patient in Sarasota. She'd come in, and, you know, she told me, you know, he only hits me once a year. Oh. Now, it was like, oh, really? Once a year. But when I dug deep with this woman, she had been hit every single day as a child. Oh, and so for her, in her mind, her rationalization was it once a year was pretty darn okay, but of course did it wasn't. A, did he pick a particular day, like her birthday? Or yes. Just it was on. It it was it was during the Christmas holidays. Oh, Every geez. single year, they'd be on a fancy trip, huh. and uh, he would get drunk. And, of course, she would make excuses because her father was an alcoholic, and, of course, he hit her every day, so once a year wasn't terrible. And this woman realized that, hey, that's really not okay, and she confronted her husband. They'd been married forever and said to him, don't you ever, ever, ever do this again, or I am out of this marriage. Yeah, yeah, that's what she should have done, obviously. It's it's so tough to have the courage to do that, though. It it is tough. It, it, It is tough. But I really believe, you know, you kind of get back to the first, you know, the first point is if that you are in a good place yourself. Yeah. If you're feeling, if you feel, you know, that you have good self-esteem, if you are basically, you know, healthy, emotionally, psychologically, psychiatrically, you're not going to stand for any of this. Yeah, if you're in control of yourself and are confident in yourself, you don't have to put up with that from anybody. That's, you don't need it, to uh, put up with abuse just because you're afraid to uh, face the future alone. <laughs> it, it, it's exactly, it is exactly true. But we have to, you know, we have to be willing, again, to just look at the reality of how is this relationship playing out. You know, is there is there respect? Is, yeah. is there commitment? Is there trust? You know, and you're not going to find this out in the first couple of weeks. They're not even necessarily in the first couple of months. No. And people oftentimes confuse, you know, we have great sex and therefore we have, you know, a great relationship or an emotionally intimate relationship. And what I've found, of course, is that you can have, you know, great emotional intimacy, caring and sharing and respect and commitment and, uh, you know, not be involved sexually at all, and you can have yeah. great sex and have no emotional intimacy at all. Yeah, that's but it forces people to look things, yeah, I mean, it really forces 
you know, the formula of the book, it really forces people to look at relationships in, in depth in a way that they probably would have never considered. Yeah, if the relationship's all about sex, that's probably going to lead to extramarital affairs because if that's all you're getting out of uh, your marriage, you may want something new and fresh at some point. Well, it's a terrible thing to say, but uh, you would, uh, certainly wouldn't want a marriage built only on the uh, physical attraction aspects. Well, that's not, it doesn't it doesn't last. I mean, the studies show that the yeah. strong, strong physical attraction. I mean, things change after a few years, and yeah. you're right. If 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 that's the only thing that you've got going for you, you are going to be in big, big trouble. Yeah. Well, let's talk briefly about your book, For Better, For Worse, Forever, Discover the Path to Lasting Love. How is your book distinctive from all the other romantic relationship books out there? Well, it's it's a formula. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like having me in your purse or in your wallet, <laughs> taking you by the hand, Wanting you to look at the reality, uh, wanting you to be safe, and pointing out, maybe like a parent would do to a child, you got to look at this, and you've got to look at that, and you can't miss this, and you can't miss yeah. that. And then at the end, you know, at the end of the book, I, you know, I look at things like whether people are interested in, um, you know, being with somebody that has children, of course, these days. I mean, look, oh, the yeah. divorce rate for first... Your, um, one of your points you need to look at is prior relationships, and that yes. involves both children and exes. <laughs> yes, because that, that is really very complex, and this is where emotional communication yeah. and problem-solving is extremely yeah. important because it's all very, very stressful. But, you know, in, in the last chapter of the book, I, it basically summarizes everything, and there are three questions that I ask readers. And these are the three questions, and these are the three questions for your listeners, right? You know, yeah. number one, what I want and need in a relationship. And I, I, I suggest that people write it, write it down on a piece of paper. You know, yeah. look, look at your own handwriting. What I don't want in <laughs> a long-term relationship. And yeah. then question number three, is describe my relationship. Describe the reality of my relationship. And at the end of every one of my chapters, there are written exercises that I also, you know, encourage people to do. And very, very those, often... Those questions are so simple, but they make so much sense. What do I want? What do I don't want? And am I getting... What have I got? What have I got? <laughs> right. And very often, what you want and need is exactly what you don't have. Yeah. So then the question becomes, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. And, again, I don't suggest that people just continue to exit relationships since the perfect yeah. partner doesn't exist. Yeah. There's certain things that are compromisable, you know, yeah. and there's certain things that are absolutely not compromisable under any circumstances, yeah, you know, abuse of any kind, terrible communication and, yeah. and problem-solving skills, um, chemistry. I mean, yeah. when I wear my sex therapy hat, I can teach people anything about sex, but I can't teach chemistry. No. I cannot teach that elusive feeling that you either have or you don't have. <laughs> so, you know, you, you go through the process, and um, you're left with something very, very concrete. And what you're going to do about it yeah. is up to you. Yeah. Well, let's say a couple has been married for 25 years but they currently are experiencing some rough spots. Is your book useful for couples who have been married for a long time, or is it strictly for uh, you know people just testing out a relationship? 
Well, what the book does for people who've been married for 25 years or for, you know, who are for couples who are actually together, it pinpoints the areas that need to be acknowledged and addressed and resolved. So even though it was written primarily for single, divorced, and, you know, widowed men and women, uh, for couples, you're then able to say, well, yes, it's the emotional intimacy part that's really lacking, or we have serious communication and problem-solving issues, and we need to then do something about it. Or, you know, it's that untreated depression. That's what's really, really getting in the way of things. And, again, it's not what people say. It's what they do. And it's all about acknowledge, address, and resolve or not. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, a lot of us have adult children. I bet this would be a – I don't know. They'd probably be offended if we gave them your book as a gift. (laughs) (laughs) But I would certainly recommend that young people just starting out could also read your book and get a lot out of it. Well, I go to college campuses all over the country. In fact, I'm on my way to Pennsylvania next week uh, to Clarion University, and they contacted me. And uh, this is a mandatory, it's a mandatory presentation for the kids. Need more of that in colleges, less, you know, along with the academics. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm with you on that, yes. Well, where best should we go to preview and purchase your book? Is there a- okay, the easiest way is to go to Amazon, and yeah. uh, they actually send you the book in a couple of days. You can also go to the bookstores, but it's it's, it's easier to just get it on Amazon. And yeah, preview there too, of course, so you can see yes. what it's all about. Absolutely, absolutely. And for people who might want to contact me directly, they can just go to my bdcohan.com website and all the contact yeah, information is there. B-E-A-T-T-Y-C-O-H-A-N.com, right? Right. Yes. So, so to conclude, uh, as Betty uh, B.D. Cohen astutely advises in her book, For Better, For Worse, Forever, how can you really love and commit to someone if you don't know who he or she really is? And whether exactly. you were madly in love with that guy or that gal you recently met or squarely on the fence as to where your relationship should go, it only makes sense to uh, really get to know that potential mate before you make a lifelong commitment. I mean, that's hardly even worth saying. Only <laughs> <So laughs> don't do that. And if you that's decide right. to break up now, it'll hurt for a while but not near as much as it will later, both for you and your mate and maybe for some children to go through the divorce or break off, uh, break off an engagement. Uh, so for a comprehensive roadmap to rating your mate before it's too late, I suggest you go to B.D. Cohen's website and preview her book or to Amazon. And once you've learned how to evaluate, then if necessary, to wisely step away from those simmering, red-hot, shallow relationships that are designed to disintegrate within a month or two, you will be well on your way to a lifelong romantic partnership you crave and so richly deserve. And thanks to me and B. Cohen for your sage advice and best of success with your book and in all your ventures. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Take care and stay warm. Bye. Well, today's guest, Betty Cohan, has just presented us with a highly insightful formula for assessing a potential life partner, asking the right questions before you commit to the long haul. 
Is this truly the romantic life partner you want in your life over the next 40 or 50 years? Are you sure? Uh, But what about the other side of the coin? How well do you measure up uh, if an attractive potential mate of the opposite sex were using Beatty's formula to assess you? (laughs) What do you need to do to convince that special other to commit to you as spouse or romantic partner for the rest of your lives, hopefully? And heck, if you're already married, maybe for 20 years or more, what can you do to keep your marriage mutually satisfying as you grow older and wiser together? After all, this is the woman you or the man that you married for the rest of your life. Why not enjoy the time together? And obviously, there are no simple answers. It all comes down to how well the two of you interact, have common goals, interests, and concerns, communicate with each other, oh, that's so crucial, solve problems together, which my wife and I sometimes aren't that good at doing, share intimate moments, and quite frankly, turn each other on physically and emotionally. It's obviously not just physical or just emotional. It really needs to be both. But nevertheless, uh, although there are no simple answers, here's a few suggestions. Of course, first things first. To attract another person, the kind you want, into a sustainable long-term relationship, you will need a firm, positive, self-confident, yet realistic self-image of you. Nobody really wants to uh, enter into a relationship with someone that's not confident and doesn't really know what they want out of life, do do you? Uh, You really can't offer love to another unless you also love yourself. Uh, Jesus told us that, and are confident that you can make life better for that one special person. And to do that, you've got to be confident in your ability to do so. Uh, What are your core principles and goals for the rest of your life before you can determine if you and your potential mate share goals and objectives? You really need to know what yours are, don't you? And regular listeners will know on this program we routinely uh, talk about getting rid of the negative self-image and outlook on life and replacing it with a positive, purpose-driven expectation for the present and future. And by now, I trust most of you have done so, uh, but are your significant other uh, or potential significant others aware of the change? Your next challenge is to convince others, especially that one person you want as a potential lifelong partner, that you have done so. So how best can you reflect a positive image uh, to others consistent with the self-confident, loving, and problem-solving inner you? Here are a few ideas. Take time to reimagine throughout the day on the precise positive image that you wish to project play role in your mind over and over. Uh, How do you want to be uh, seen? How do you want to appear to others? Not just to a romantic partner, but to everyone you come in contact with. And nobody wants to live or be around a complainer or someone that always blames another person. Lord knows, hopefully not your spouse, on everything that's wrong in your life. Second, prove yourself worthy of love and respect through uniformly positive behavior, not simply boasts or hollow promises that you cannot keep. 
Nobody wants to hear those. And whenever you disagree with your mate, and you will, I've been married 45 years, I know that that's true, always assume the initiative in seeking to resolve the issue. Never forget you love the other person and are committed to that person. And in your relationships, especially with your romantic partner, seek to be an energy supplier, not an energy drainer. As an energy supplier, you won't have all the answers all the time, but you can always smile and say, let me help. Together, somehow, we'll find a way. Those are the kind of people that others like to be around, isn't it? And perhaps most important of all, always attempt to place yourself in your life partner's shoes. Where is your mate coming from? Why is he or she hurting now? Why does he or she disagree with you? And how would you feel right now? if you were her or him. And finally, let your life partner win at least some of the time. There is no way two people can establish and sustain a peaceful, loving, growing relationship if one person refuses to ever give in. Even if that's you, you're not the winner. There are no winners when there's not sharing. So in conclusion, what's the best way to sell yourself, not just to that potential life partner, uh, the partner just right for you, but to all those people you come in contact with? Well, over the months and years to come, here are three descriptions that practically guarantee, as Dale Carnegie would put it, you will, quote, win friends and influence people. Remember when he, I think that was the title of his book, actually, including that one special person you love so deeply and uh, presently share or soon will share your life or uh, the person that you're yet to meet, but that you want to do that with. How about these descriptions? Wouldn't they be great? A person of integrity who invariably keeps his or her word. A caring individual, willing at times to sacrifice for another, who never fails to demonstrate a warm, loving concern for every person that he or she meets. And third, a positive, self-confident individual who approaches every disagreement or, in fact, any potential conflict as a win-win proposition. And whether you choose to go it alone in the rest of your life, and it's fine to be single if that's what you want, or with that one right special person beside you throughout the remainder of your life, you will experience ever-expanding circles of influence, not just with your wife or husband, but with every person you meet, universally applauded as a positive energy booster, in simple terms, a proven winner. And once again, I invite you to uh, preview my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. It presents a detailed roadmap from start to finish, from A to Z, from just getting by, as I call it, sleepwalking through life, to a joyful, committed life at middle age and beyond. And you can preview my book on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or through our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com, and you'll be happy you did. I promise you that. That's our program for today. Tune in again next week as we approach the holidays and the holiday season with some bright suggestions on how you can make it um, the best holiday season ever. And uh, thanks again uh, for tuning in to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age.
Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 